You're listening to the Biz Library Podcast, a weekly discussion of important topics that affect both HR and learning and development professionals. Biz Library is dedicated to creating the best and most complete online learning solution that both engages employees and drives business results. For more resources like this podcast, be sure to head over to our website where you'll find up-to-date ebooks, infographics, and other resources, as well as SHRM and HRCI-approved webinars focused on creating better workplaces through great human resource practices and employee development. Hello and welcome to the Biz Library Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Smith, and today we're joined by Katie Miller to talk about skill gaps. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Derek. I'm happy to be here. Some of you may remember Katie from her episode she did Uh, a little over a year ago now on being a new employee and and what that means. Um, We're happy to say Katie has been um, well past onboarding and and is now actually giving a presentation at our Align, our client conference about skill gaps. So um, that's what we're talking about today, Katie. Yeah, it's crazy to think that that was almost a year ago, but I'm very happy to still be here and I'm ready to talk about skill gaps. Uh, Perfect. So, um, in your Align presentation, you talk about how to close your organization's skillable gaps by upskilling your workforce. Uh, first of all, let's just get a baseline. We know a lot of our listeners know what a skill gap is, but not all of them do. So let's talk about what we mean when we say skill gaps. Sure, that's a great question, and I think this can be defined in a variety of ways. But how I relate it in my presentation was skill gaps are becoming this like nationwide epidemic where everyone's freaking out and they feel like their employees are just not prepared for what they need to be doing at their jobs. So why these are happening could be uh, various of reasons, but really people look at skill gaps as far as what their employees, what they think they need from their employees and what their employees offer. And a lot of times I found from research is that instead of taking responsibility for not providing opportunities for your employee to prosper, a lot of companies kind of play the blame game. Um, You'll hear things that are directed to certain generations like, oh, it's the boomers, they just won't retire, or things of it's those lazy millennials. And you know, that's not really going to get us to where we need to be to close these gaps. So what I found is to dive deeper, go past that initial, oh, we don't have these skills, so it's kind of a lost cause. We need to dive deeper and figure out really where those root causes lie as far as the skill gaps in your organization. Yeah, so what are those root causes and what are the factors that contribute to the skill gaps? Yeah, great question. So this was really interesting when I was diving deeper. And again, um, this topic is kind of hard to cover because you really have to know your organization and where you think these skill gaps fall. So um, what I found was that certain factors such as um, education um, and looking at your job description when I mean education. So I think it was Forbes that did the study, you can double check me on that, but uh, Forbes did a study and found that in like a mid-tier job, like 67% of job requirements were requiring education of a bachelor's degree or higher, but then they looked deeper into that actual position and only like 16% of workers actually held such a degree. So a lot of times I was finding a really big unbalance between what 
um, the recruiters and the hiring managers were saying they wanted in the job description and then what they were actually seeing in their workers. And that definitely is causing these big gaps that a lot of organizations are facing. So we're setting up all these barriers that are stopping us from getting the right employees. Uh, we're also maybe it sounds like emphasizing the wrong skills or wrong qualifications, right? A hundred percent. So another interesting fact that I found was about 25% of a person's long-term career success was attributed to the technical skills that they have, and the rest of that is to soft skills. So soft skills can be anything from communication to negotiation, interviewing skills, um, leadership is, can also be considered a soft skill. So those are the skills that we find really impact um, the the longevity of the employee. If those employees administer those soft skills, that will keep them along a lot longer and they'll have a better career rather if they just come in and have those high technical skills. So I'm gonna throw out a curveball question for you here. Um, we can quantify, let's just say a skill, a hard skill, like um, uh, they know how to code in Java. We can quantify that because we say you have to be fluent in Java. How do you quantify leadership in a, in a skills-based um, qualification uh, listing? See, that is an excellent question, and I bet many people have that same question when I was talking about that. So um, I, I don't want to say you cannot get a quantifiable answer, but I think what you need to look at instead of the numbers is more of the reaction. So what I mean by that is surveys assessments. When you're looking at leadership, talk to the people that they are leading. Talk to their managers. So you can send out a before assessment on a new manager and get their um, employees' responses, get their managers' responses, and then continually do that. Um, get good feedback, get consistent feedback, and that will be um, a way that you can see the results and the progression of that certain leader. Um, so unfortunately, I don't think you can really say, oh, they're a 10 out of 10 when it comes to leadership as far as like Java. Um, but you can definitely show progression by feedback and surveys um, and just making sure that it's consistent. So if you're going to have a survey sent out in the beginning, make sure you have one sent out the middle and one at the end. Um, and then you just keep with it. So one-on-ones are a great time to have um, this opportunity for the person's um, employee to give them feedback as far as their leadership skills. So I'd take advantage of that. Awesome. So we've kind of talked about it already is, is looking at um, growth as we uh, bridge skill gaps, so to speak. Um, but we know the root causes of them, or, or we've sort of discussed that already. Um, what's the next step in, in fixing the issue then once we've um, identified why it exists? Yeah, excellent. So we just kind of talked about education as far as root causes. There's many more. Um, some of them that I covered in my presentation were even things such as the location of your building, um, you know, skills in candidates. Maybe you're looking for skills that aren't available to the workforce. Maybe they're just up and coming in 
the college education system now. So I think you made a great point saying that we're creating barriers in our job descriptions and those job descriptions are the first look that most job seekers will see of your organization. So not only should the barriers align to this technical skills, right? But you also want to make sure you're hitting those soft skills and hitting those things like building culture into your job description and really looking at how this job description is a depiction of your company. Um, And then to answer kind of how we solve this is uh, from research I found, you need to give your employees upskilling opportunities. Um, And how you can find that is by building yourself a skill gaps analysis, which is what I covered mainly in my presentation. Okay, so what is that skills gaps analysis then? Let's give a a little maybe a high level rundown of what that entails. Sure thing. So I created my skill gaps analysis from two sources. Um, So it's a five step system. I tried to keep it very simple because like I said, All of our skill gaps are very unique. No one is alike. So with this, um, my first step is that you're going to plan. So, and what I simply mean by plan is think about who you would administer this analysis to. Are you looking to find the skill gaps of an individual? Are you looking to find the skills gaps of a team? And I think it's really important to remember that you don't have to always give these analysis when things are bad. So um, instead of giving this analysis to when an individual isn't hitting their numbers or when a team is falling behind where they should be, you could also give it to when they're exceeding their numbers or this individual just got a promotion and they need to have these new skills. So I don't want anyone to think that this skills gap analysis has to be always when things are going bad. Um, You definitely want to administer it when they're going good as well. Um, And then step two is you want to identify the important skills for this individual or team. So this really, again, is a unique experience to your organization, and it requires, you know, L&D professionals, HR manager, whoever is in charge of administering this skills gap to identify the skills that is important for this individual or team to succeed. Um, So if you came to Align and you saw my presentation, I kind of broke it down into two columns. So you're going to find your skills that you want to build, and then you're going to look at the importance. So I like to do it on a scale of high, moderate, or low for the skills, and then skills leveled required. So this would be, um, and it's completely up to you, what you think this skill ranks. Do you think um, for this individual to really succeed at their job, they need to have an excellent skills in leadership? Or maybe, you know, they're a graphic designer, so they're not talking to people all the time. So maybe uh, communication is, you know, an average or good. So those are some of the scale that you want to hit in step two. Awesome. So let's just say then um, we'll use podcasting as an example. Um, Let's say there's a host who uh, is required to have excellent interviewing skills uh, and has 
um, average interviewing skills in this podcast. Um, what would you? What, what advice would you give to the company uh, looking at that skills gap there? That's awesome. So this moves right along to step three. So in step three, instead of just looking at the skills that you want this individual or team to have, you're actually gonna look at what they have currently. So you're going to measure the current skills of the individual and employee and put them against what you want them to be. So for instance, like you said, interviewing, um, if this person's interviewing skill currently was at a four out of five on a scale. Let's say five's the highest. Um, and you identify this skill to be absolute five out of five to make their job go well, then that's definitely a gap that you can see. So we need to build them from a four to a five. And then um, that's pretty much step four is just analyzing your current versus your actual. And that actually you can get quantifiable data. So you can find the numbers and see where those um, you know, negatives are lying. And then step five is where you're gonna make your plan. So when you're making a plan, uh, I've kind of broke it down. Again, this is a simplified version of a skill gaps analysis. So I give these people two choices. They either have the choice to hire or they have the choice to train. And um, you definitely know that I am all for training those folks, so we're gonna upskill those employees with learning and development and training opportunities. So uh, it may be obvious to us, but why is that a better option than hiring someone who already has these skills? Yeah, that is actually a great question. So as far as, you know, it's could be less expensive than hiring somebody else. Uh, research has showed that. But also, um, there's a lot of statistics out there that employees want these developmental opportunities. Um, I think Ron Stan had um, a great quote that I use, a great statistic. Um, it was like 82% of employees are seeking opportunities for career development and improvement in their workforce. Um, but we actually found from that study that only 40% of, of companies that these employees really want these learning opportunities, only 40% of these companies are offering upskilling opportunities to these employees. So this is a huge gap, you know? Um, this is creating a lot of employees in to leave, um, you know, employees want these opportunities. They want to be better at their jobs. They want to be better just as a professional. And I think learning and development, I mean, that just opens the gate to having higher retention, um, being able to attract employees too. Not only are employees in the current workforce looking for these opportunities, but there's also studies that say the new and up and coming employees like, um, Gen Z and the millennials um, definitely view uh, these developmental opportunities as very high on their list as far as who they want to work for. Absolutely. Um, and what can this like training, like we talk about a learning culture um, and that's something like we try to provide for our clients or help them create in their organizations. Um, Beyond just employees, like what, what can we expect to see change in the workplace once we embrace uh, training and covering skill gaps? Wow, that is a loaded question. I feel like it will be different for everybody, but hopefully, and I, I wanna make sure that everyone knows, um, starting a learning culture and becoming a learning culture can be a, 
a longer process. It's not just going to happen overnight because there's a lot of pieces that have to go into it, but it, if it is done, it will have so many benefits. So just initially starting a learning culture, things that you want to start off with in the beginning is just offering the opportunities to your employees, finding a good solution for you. Um, We've seen that online training has been really beneficial to the workforce, not only because they can do it at, you know, at home or in the work, but, you know, those remote employees can take the same training as their counterparts that work internally. Um, And it also is just great because there are so many, like Biz Library has so many vast examples and videos that you can cover. So we can cover things like technical skills. We can cover things like soft skills. Um, So building a learning culture, you want to make sure you have the right solution to do that. And then from there, it's the personnel. So you want to have someone that's championing, championing the learning culture. Um, either, you know, that could be our L&D professionals or HR professionals, something that someone that really wants to take the reins and run with it. And of course, to make it work, you're going to need to have that leadership buy-in from your executives or whoever may be the final um, say in your decision making. Um, And how you get them on board is to show them the statistics such as the benefits of a learning organization. So, Deloitte has probably one of the best statistics out there for the benefits of a learning organization, and that's things of, you know, your 58% more prepared for future demands, 46% more likely to be first to market, and 37% more productive, and that list just keeps going. Those are just some of the stats that I found important and put into my presentation. Definitely. So unfortunately, we are getting a little low on time here today. Um, Is there anything you want to make sure that our audience knows about skill gaps and and why they should be covering them uh, before we let you go? Yeah. So I think in general, um, we need to stop looking at skill gaps as such a scary thing and look at it for an opportunity. Um, I think as the Uh, workforce evolves and it does become more of these younger generations taking over which I think it's like 2025 right when most of us millennials will be um, in charge so for organizations to start realizing they need these workers need developmental opportunities sooner rather than later it's just going to help you Um, and it's going to help close those skill gaps make sure you find a good solution that works for your organization and focus not only on those technical skills but put more focus on those soft skills because that's really where you'll see your return on investment Awesome. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Katie, you do our webinars here at Biz Library. Can you just talk a little bit to our audience about why they should be registering for your great webinars that you help host? Yeah, that's awesome. So I am um, the moderator and host of most of our webinars here. Um, They're anywhere from thought leadership webinars to product-related webinars, and we have a great time. We're covering all types of topics coming up, such as um, myths about what to do as an HR and L&D professional and difficult conversations. So they're just a great time to develop you as a person. So this is a great development opportunity for you. We also do offer HRCI and SHRM credit for some of our webinars. So that is also an incentive to go on and listen. And you can find 
our upcoming webinars and we offer our webinars on demand because we realize sometimes you can't watch it live. So that's a great option too to get those um, credits for you. For sure, we'll have a link to that uh, upcoming webinar page in the show notes. Katie, thanks again for joining us, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Katie Miller. Here are three takeaways from this week's discussion. First, start by identifying the skill gaps that plague your organization. Second, uncover a plan by using a skills gaps analysis to identify the skill gaps for an individual or a team. And third, solve your skill gaps using training content. It's always better to train your existing workforce than to hire from outside. This podcast is brought to you by Biz Library, your online learning partner. For more information, visit us online at www.bizlibrary.com resources. Every week, we like to spotlight one of the free resources Biz Library offers to help our listeners master the concepts in our key takeaways. This week, download our free ebook called Bridging the Skill Gaps. You can find a link to this ebook in the show notes or on the Biz Library website on the resources page. If you'd like to appear on the Biz Library podcast or suggest a topic for discussion, visit us on Twitter at Biz Library or email us at hannah at bizlibrary.com. Don't forget to click subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, and share this episode with friends through social media. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Derek Smith. And I'm Hannah Brenner. See you next week.